out of our flesh just to thank God for his goodness. Can we just say hallelujah? Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the engrafted word that's able to save our souls. Save me from myself. Thank you, Lord God. We just exalt you because you are God and you're God alone. Thank you for a purpose today, a purpose in Christ Jesus, knowing, Lord God, my significance as to why I exist on this earth, Lord God. I, I thank you for being my God, my leader, my, my Shah Shalom, my banner of hope, my victory. For you alone, you are God. And for that, Lord God, I say thank you. Thank you for being in the right mind to serve. Thank you, Lord God, for righteousness, right standing with you, Lord God. Thank you when there look like there's no way, Father. You are the way. You are that door. You are my entrance, Lord God. And to my joy for me to be able to rejoice and rejoice again for you, our Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that today you will continue to get the glory. We, we give you full reign over our minds and over our hearts. We completely empty ourselves from ourselves today. This is a new day, Lord God. And we, we ask, Father, that you take control. And we allow the mind of Christ to be renewed in us. And we can experience the supernatural. What is it to be born again? What is this new nature? That say when a situation looks like it has no hope, that I can speak hope in the hopeless situation and circumstance. Whether that place be myself or someone else, Lord God, I, we say thank you. Holy Spirit, take control over this atmosphere. We come against every demonic spirit, every whisper of the enemy. We eradicate all spirits that's been following you all week long. And we now arrest those spirits and to be silenced during this time where the holy word of God is being spoken. It's in Jesus' name we pray and we agree. And we say, so be it, amen. amen. May be seated. Glory to God. There's been a lot of things been going on in the, in the body of Christ. Whether you are experiencing in your home, a lot of times we get used to chaos in our life. Things real crazy in our relationship. We get used to that. We get used to not speaking to each other. We get used to not loving. We get used to backbiting. We get used to hating. We get used to slandering. We get used to not being a believer. Okay. <laughs> we get used to not wanting the truth. But today I want you to give us a warning about the difficult times in the last days. This is the topic. We're gonna be talking about the difficult times in the last days. You know, we don't, we don't seem to be conscious of our limited time here on this earth until there's a crisis. Okay. We're not aware that the word of God says our life is as a moment. But because your body is not stricken or you're not in the hospital. See, it seems like it's so far away. 
as if it's not a reality also. The enemy, the great deceiver, our adversary, he's been deceiving us way too long. He's been deceiving us that we actually love when we don't. He's been deceiving us that we can continue in the conduct of darkness and we can steer, still enter into the kingdom of God, the great deceiver, our adversary. Not your spouse, not your friend, not your family, but the great deceiver. He deceives us because we're not aware or have become familiar with the operations of darkness. It's not a reality to you. What's a reality is your situation, your circumstance, what's going on in your house, what you're saying, what you're not saying. That's your reality. What you have, what you don't have, that's your reality. The great deceiver. He is deceiving some of the most seasoned saints. And God warns us. He warns us beforehand. He prepares you to be a victor before you're born. <laughs> he prepares you to be an overcomer before you're born. He prepares you to not live in a life of frustration before you're born. He prepares you to have a healthy mind before you're born. He prepares you not to be a person of anger and wrath before you were born. Not to be overtaken. Not to grow weary and well-doing. He has prepared us. The question is, so why don't we conduct ourselves as being fully geared up? Being successful in everything that we do. Doing good works because it's excellent. It is of God. Good works. <laughs> We're talking about the difficult times in the last days. Have you been experiencing the more intense pressure and relationship in your mind, in your heart, in your body, on your job? See, we've been hearing about the end of times as a child. But as you grow older, you become more aware of the force that's behind the end of time, the difficult times that are yet to overtake some of us. But God prepares us. The violent and hostile attacks on your mind, your assignment, your purpose, and overall salvation. It is a Violent, hostile attack on your mind. Yeah. Yeah. So you attack your body to get your mind. Uh -huh. 
He attacked your emotions so he can get your mind. He attacked your soul so and your feelings so he can get your mind. I get your mind. I have control over you. And now it's no longer the mind of Christ. That's rule inside of you, but it's the mind of the adversary, the great deceiver. Don't just call him a deceiver, but the great deceiver. See, but you must first understand the art of war. Which that is within itself. And the summation in one statement or one word, deception. The art of war is deception. What the enemy wants to betray that he's doing. Oh, see. What he wants to betray, what's happening. So he, he helps you draw an image of the concept of the world that he wants you to see. Illusion. And it's all in the mind. The question is, why aren't we aware of the illusion? Why are we tearing each other down? Why are we slandering? Why are we hating? Why are we mistreating the great deception? He does this in the family that brings it in the church. The great deception of man. But in the end times, see, it's going to become more and more difficult to detect him. Because you are becoming more and more carnal. Okay, make that thing plain. See, when we say Jesus, see, it doesn't, you don't have affection. So we have to sing all kind of songs, do all kind of beat, get you going. Maybe he is good. Yeah, back it up. Take, take it to the left now. Take, see, that you can relate to. See, those words stay with you. Those carnal words. But the spiritual word, the word that should come up in you, when darkness presents its head, you don't bring it up. You don't address darkness. You feed in it. Because you have become more and more like the world. This is why, and James, he says, that if you are a friend of the world, you are an enemy of mine. See, but we have no place to put that. We really don't believe that we could be an enemy of God if we do things of the world. I can't come to church because it's a pagan holiday. I need to be at someone's birthday party. Okay? Things of the world. Why do you still seek to, to give pleasure or please people than men. Why don't we fear that we wouldn't please God? What is this control 
that people have over you. It doesn't matter whether it's my spouse. I would have to tell my husband, I would prefer to obey God than man. The art of war. It is the study of the structure or working of things. An audit, a review, to investigate, to scrutinize. You have to know the structure of war, the workings of it. You have to investigate what, why in my house we're always at odds. Investigate that. You're not supposed to now become partners with darkness. Investigate, scrutinize the atmosphere, your heart. Scrutinize yourself, the atmosphere, your heart that brought this darkness in here. See, but the spouse and family got to be bold enough to, to know how to identify to investigate, to research the spirit that's working behind you and call it out. I don't just identify it. You ain't going to be staying in lounging in my house creating all kind of hell. See, but it's natural for us to have arguments. How can two people walk together, live together, except they agree? Same direction. You snatched that right out of my spirit. So the three subjects we're going to study is yourself, the adversary, and your creator. It requires, requires the ability to identify friend or foe. Which one are you? Are you a friend or foe? See, but you need to know how to identify. Just because you're my husband, you could be operating under the spirits of my foe. Your friend. Oh, this is my cousin. This is no, no, I'm looking out. No, I need to. See from where these words are coming from. Even so-called speaking of good in my favor. But if you're speaking carnally, just like what Peter did, no, no, Jesus, don't go to the cross. Satan, get thee behind me. The foe is influencing you. See, but you got to investigate. So when people are talking to me, I listen to the words beyond the heart that you don't speak to find out what you're really saying. And so you don't understand me when I'm like, I can't, no, right now today I can't be doing this hugging because I'm going to have to address the spirit. And sometimes you got to, you can't give out of your reserve because now this demon been following you for a while, so I'll be back at that next week. Especially when the person don't want to let go because there has to be a release. 
I don't keep playing with demons. Now, you want to keep holding on there. I'm just let you go ahead and roll with what you're trying to do. You know why? Because I can't go beyond your will. Get to know your teacher and your pastor. Get to know us, and you better really grow in the word of God. Who are you truly fighting? Often many people, many of you are the enemies when you look in the mirror, you are the reflection of the enemy that you're fighting. When you actually look in the mirror, which is the word of God, you would see that you are the enemy that you're fighting. When you look in the word. See, but this is how we can keep going on so long, don't realize who we're fighting. You're not fighting me. Look, turn around. Look. Here's the holy scripture. Read. Matter of fact, let us both read. And find out. Who is the enemy? Who is the enemy? Influenced by. Not saying that you are the enemy, but we're talking about the spirit of influence. Amen? Pre-war. There's things you got to do before the actual battle. Is that you need to check your consequences. Because... Your consequences, they have to be paid. They have to be answered to. Your action, things that you did. A lot of times we get saved, we think that, oh, this is not, you know, why things are still happening to me? I'm saving. No, we need to prepare before the battle. Are the consequences of your own actions? Paid in full. The art of war, we're talking about the structure. A victorious ending of the actual battle requires a disciplined life. Discipline of your emotions. Discipline of your thoughts. And discipline of your will. See, we put it all in one. My thoughts is my will, my emotions. No, they're not. We're talking about deception, to deceive Nassar, to utterly forget. It means to forget. And not only forget, but to utterly forget. So when you're being deceived, you have utterly forgotten who you are. And who the people of God are to you. You utterly forget what's righteous. You utterly forget what's righteous, what's right thinking and doing. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Man of God, 2 Timothy. Can we do chapter 3? Verse 10 through 13. I, I switched up on you. Let's go up a little further. 
New Living Translation. Second Timothy chapter 3, at verse 13 in the New Living Translation. But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach. Minister, I ask that you go to verse 10, then through 13. Amen. I did a little edit, as and to be sure. In the New Living Translation. Yes, sir. Second Timothy chapter 3. Right there. Verse 10? Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. But you, Timothy. <laughs> I can take that. <laughs> certainly know what I teach uh-huh. and how I live. Stop. Certainly know. He's telling beforehand. He's telling us now. Because you will utterly forget what you've been taught. When you're deceived, you utterly <laughs> All the principles and the law and the teachings and instructions, you will forget in deception. Go ahead, man of God. Certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. Come on. How I live. My life alone is the example for you. Yes, it is. I'm constant, a, a mature believer is constant in their disciplined life because it's discipline. Go ahead, man of God. I'm going to stop stopping you. Go ahead. <laughs> you know my faith. My God. My patience, my love, and my endurance. Pastor, stop. <laughs> Did you write the scripture? <laughs> Go ahead, man. God. Verse 11. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted. Go ahead. In Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That's right. Verse 13, but evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. It's one thing that you deceive. You bringing in other people to join you in your deception. But because it's a reality to you now and you've forgotten all what was taught in the example. This is why you have to have mature spiritual leaders because we won't be moved by your emotions, your will, your sayings, your comings, your doing, because we know our purpose. You know that you're loved. You've seen the persecution. But once you're deceived, you can't see. And if someone don't come immediately and bring you out of that deception, you go deeper into it. And two, it becomes, you will then develop your own doctrine of devils. 
Because you can't see the word anymore or see righteousness. But convinced is righteous. This is how people actually fall away from the gospel and never return. Because they fell into deception, Cindy. And when they fall into deception, they try to take others with them. Because that is the artistry of the great deceiver. Is that he get many. It says, but people will, these groups of people, there's a warning in the last day that people will become lovers of themselves. This is what brings disobedience because you want to satisfy how you feel. So this is how we respond to people according to how we feel. You become lovers of yourselves in your money. Scoffing at God, disobedient to the parents, ungrateful. We seeing it, right? Nothing is sacred. Your body, the word, nothing is sacred. The gathering, I can forsake not coming even though the word says that. Because I'm doing what I please to do because I'm a lover of myself. It's a warning. These are the last and evil days. Unloving, unforgiving. Unloving. Your interaction. You're not kind. You don't want to really embrace. You're cold. You're unforgiving they will slander others and have no self-control cruel and hate what's good see we can't see ourselves doing that you know why because we value again people opinion so this causes you see but because you want to please we either people pleaser or we lovers of ourselves not God God's nowhere in that equation so I got to go here and do this and do that but and I'll do what I, I mean I'll be at the next gathering see it's not sacred to you they're coming together and the ministry is not sacred. It's not holy. It's not consecrated. It's not something that comes above everything else in your life. But in your pride, you feel good about it. Okay. Be puffed up with pride. Oh, that's the next one. Betray their friends. Love pleasure rather than God. Act religious. But they will reject the power that could make them holy. Stay away from people like that. That's what the word of God says. See, but 
You can't see it on your friend. You can't see it on the people you're hanging out with. Or yourself. See, because you won't say what's necessary to the unloving. We'll move on. They work their way into people's homes and win their confidence. <laughs> God. They have deprived minds in a counterfeit faith. <laughs> counterfeit faith. We have to stop it. It's like God is real. This is the last days. You must live a consecrated, separated life for God's purpose in his will in this earth. Not what you want to do, where you want to go, and what you want to buy. Count the cost. And for some people, it's sleep. <laughs> it wasn't, I'm just saying, it wasn't up here. It came, the Holy Spirit just put it right on the page. <laughs> The, the purpose of this teaching is to stimulate awareness of dark, hostile assault on every believer's assignment. I want to bring and stimulate an awareness of this dark, hostile assault on your assignment. You're welcome. Learning outcome. One, identify empowering source that gives our adversary an advantage over our lives. Identify empowering source that gives our adversary an advantage over our life. Identify the source that's fueling darkness in your life. Identify that source. What person is it? Because it's a person. It's a person that's being influenced. Identify the spirit that's influencing person. Gain knowledge of the working of our adversary. How does he work in your life against you? Normally, he doesn't work the same way in everyone's life. His overall goal is to deceive. However, he customized his working to, to tell her your Personality, your way of thinking, yep, yeah. what hurts you, your weakness. He, what's his working and your weakness? Learning outcome, we're going to see biblical prophecy and purpose aligned. We're going to see the alignment of actual biblical prophecy and purpose. Next learning outcome is the imminent danger of not being reconverted to Christ. The last is last outcome is this demonic ruling powers 
And it's a sign chief spirit mission. So you have a ruling power, someone who's in power, and then you have a chief authority that's enforcing that ruling power. I hear y'all talking back, but I need y'all to know that. I, I, I hear us talking that, but I need us to know that. I need you to know this in a situation and conversation. I need you to be able to identify the ruling power and the chief authority that is influencing that spirit. So you have power in a, in a spirit. So who is in power? Who is in power in your home? Who's the ruling power in your home? Oh, y'all not ready. Whoever is a ruling power in your home, there is a chief spirit that's influencing that ruling power. You have a king over providence, a government. But there is a spirit that influence that rulership. Who is the rulership in your home? Then identify the chief spirit that's enforcing it. I'm not going to rest just, and I'm going to end right at 1.30. Some things, I realize that when it comes to learning, as much as we want you to get it and fast as we want you to get it, time, even though we shouldn't be, we're in time, in this world, but not of this world, but because of our lack of spiritual growth, we can't seem to really digest this. And so when I know that I'm teaching, I'm going to end right on 130. I'm doing that for, I'm doing that to bring about an, a need, a, you need to come already ready to learn. You need to come ready with eagerness to learn. Class start and it ends. You don't wait for other students to come before you start teaching. Okay. Strategic battle, battle of the mind. Problems of thought life filters into your emotions and will. What you're thinking, your thoughts, they filter into your emotions. How you're thinking, it filters through your emotion, then your will. Then eventually you act it out. So, for example, y'all want an example? Okay. If you don't need it, I'm not going to get it. Can I save me some time? Okay. So, I'll give you a parable. So, for instance, let's say I'm thinking, let's say I speak to I'm always used for you. <laughs> use Minister Fee. I'm, I'm talking to Minister Fee. And um, after she leave, nothing that she really said verbatim that where I could feel that she had an attitude with me. But see, all it takes is that my way of thinking. Yep, yep, yep. 
certain people have a way of thinking. So she may have came in and started talking, or she spoke, but that people said, well, I don't feel like why she didn't speak. It's a way of thinking. I'm always thinking the best. So I'm going to miss anything that was fleshly and get all in my emotions. See what I'm saying? I, you know, uh, the way she looked at me. See, a way of thinking. How do you think? Are you a negative thinker? Do you always go to the worst? Are your emotions always involved in everything you talk about? They're just not needed. You know what your emotions are needed for? Your, your emotions are needed for your, your affection towards God. See, but we don't have that. That's the joy. This is why most of us don't have the joy of the Lord, because we don't have affections for God. Problems of life filters into emotions and will. Unchecked thought resolve into resentment. If you don't check your thoughts, they resolve or come to a place that you resent the person. It leads to bitterness and retaliation. Satan interest will be and always will be in an unchecked Thoughts. Unchecked thoughts. Line this up to the word. First of all, you need to be operating in love. God's love. God's love. <laughs> Check me up to the word. Check me up to the word. I no longer know anyone by the flesh. Check me up to the word, not your thoughts. Because a man's heart is evil and deceitful. Who could know it? Thoughts. What is a thought? Basic concept. Now I can go real deep on you. Proper exercising of the mind. Hint. Proper. <laughs> proper belief, proper concept, ideals, facts, principle, or law. So I must, my foundation has to be the word of God. It can't be my upbringing. It can't be my life experiences. It has to be the word of God. Because you have a certain way of thinking, your ideal, your belief even against the word of God. So you come with your laws and your principles. <laughs> this is why there's often so many arguments, disagreement, because you're not properly exercising your mind. Got to get all the old stuff, the unuseful stuff out. It's unuseful. It can't be used in the kingdom. The trash that's in your mind cannot be used in the kingdom. What is not righteous is 
cannot be used in the kingdom. Thoughts then go to intelligence. The ability to learn our intellectuals <laughs> or understand you got a lot of intellectuals that can't seem to understand some basic principles. <laughs> Common sense. Intelligence. The ability to learn or understand or to deal with new or trying situations. I love that. That's an intelligent person that's able to deal with new or trying situations. Situation is trying. It's trying my patience. It's trying my time. It's just trying my whole belief system. It's kind of hard for me. You all, uh, I'm going to give you some kind of carnal. I'm not going to go spiritual on this part. I'm just do a little side thing. It's, most of the women know me. It's that I got a thing with a woman keeping herself up. Chaseable. With the hair. I, I mean, it, got, it, it bothers me. I mean, to a great degree. As to, you know, because I can't conceive why a actual comb and brush and some moisturizer could not go in the hair or hairspray. It, it, see, for me, but that's a personal thing. See, but that may not be your belief system. I respect that. Respect my belief system. Why I'm not understanding. <laughs> okay. Just saying. See, that's a trying situation for me. It's trying. <laughs> Some people got things that are just trying. You know, that's my thing. You got your thing. You got a thing. <laughs> you know why? Because the word of God speaks about excellence. Things should be in place. You should be well-groomed. You should smell great, think great. Everything should be excellent, but I'm just saying, I, I, you know, I said it was calmly, but I definitely believe it's parallel to the word of God. When you speak about do everything decent and in order, get ready and prepare yourself. Okay. Thoughts, that's what we're talking about. Reason, the skill use of reason. The ability to apply knowledge to manipulate one's environment or think abstract as measured by objective criteria. So what this means is put things to the test. Manipulate your environment means that for me, I need to adjust. I need to adjust to the person that comes in my home. I become, look, I become. I become your environment. You come to my home, I become your environment. See, that's a whole deep, see, you, to manipulate, I'm not gonna change things around in my home. The environment is me, it's my mind, the way I think. 
I'm going uh, to... You have to be skilled in your reason because I want, I will do whatever's necessary to reach you. So I have to be skilled in my reason and, and how I use my knowledge and exchange it. So let's go here. Uh, we have 107. Knowledge of the adversary influence upon your thoughts. Revelation 12, 3 through 4. We're going to go through this quickly. I need you to go with me quickly because I'm going to go through it quickly. Revelation 12, verse 3 through 4. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 3. Then another sign appeared in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads were seven diadems. Thank you. We're going to deal with the seven heads. The dragon represents evil, chaos. It is the ancient opposition to God. I mean, been, this evil been has been around a long time. Leviathan, he is a piercing serpent, which means that he can see at a great distance. Okay? okay. He deceived, it says about him actually deceiving the whole world. He's cunning and he has evil intent for every born again Christian. He is known to bend and to twist. He's known the red dragon, Leviathan, Satan. Our adversary, he is known to bend and twist. Bend your will. Twist the words of God. That's how people have explosive relationship. They're so negative because the, the adversary, Mario, he bends. The will of man. He twists the word of God. Making you feel okay to do what you know is wrong. But he, he used the word and twist it. Biblical prophecy. Now, this is a question I ask Holy Spirit in reference to the body of Christ. What spirit or spirits have been influencing the body of Christ? And we're going to go down. This is biblical, Pastor. These, and there's seven of them. And these, these seven heads are major empires. Okay? Going through here quick. Egypt. Spirit of bondage. So this spirit is a ruling power that really doesn't recognize and 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 Jesus said they didn't recognize Joseph as king. They when you don't recognize the righteous head, okay. It put you back in the place because they were a free people. 
and put the, the Jewish people back into bondage. And the same spirit, when you're not, when you're not adhering to your, your spiritual head, it puts you back in a place of bondage. Taskmaster. So, see, do you feel like you've been tasked and whipped with the word now? You, oh, come on, Holy Spirit. You feel that you're being whipped with the word now. Because the enemy has bent your will, twisted the word of God. And now you are back in bondage, feeling that you're under the law. Oh, come on. Being whipped with the word. And still being loved by the word. Oh, you don't see it. He's a great deceiver. He is a great deceiver. Assyrian empire. Spirit of division. This spirit split the kingdoms. And it was over past a tax revolt, which is money, and sought out counsel from the young men instead of the elders. Assyrian spirit of division split the kingdoms with only two tribes left, Judah and Benjamin. This spirit causes spouses to separate. It, children separate from their parents in anger and rebellion. It brings division in the church, a split that should never happen. It separates people. The Assyrian spirit, it separates people from what's the right thing and from hindering people from being obedient to the will of God. It takes you from your purpose. Babylonian empire, spirit of confusion. Tower Bell. So anyway, 2 Kings 25, 7. From Israel to Babylon. So the leaders' eyes were taken. So the leaders' eyes were taken out. They were blind and now they can't see. They can't discern. Henry, oh, come on, y'all. Make it plain. The kings, Pastor, the kings lost their son, but they lost their sons naturally. But here it means they lost their spiritual sons because of the spirit. Spirit of confusion in Babylonian empire. Persia, spirit of frustration. Ezra 4, 4 and 5. Frustrates from what God has told them to do and live in general. You're frustrated from the call, the very call. You're frustrated about your assignment. This spirit brings frustration. This spirit assigned to hinder you. Galatians 2.21. You can't go to a level where God will want you to be if you're frustrated. It's going to stop your progress. You're going to be in a place of great uncertainty Grecian Empire 
this one here, they want to pass laws that would prevent righteousness. Let's go to Jeremiah 7, verse 19 through 26. Amplified. These are the spirits. Hear me. I ask Holy Spirit, what are these spirits that has been assigned to our leaders? Amen. Jeremiah or Joshua? Joshua. Mm -hmm. Joshua chapter 7 and verse 19. Mm -hmm. And Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and make confession to him. And tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua in truth. I have sinned against the Lord God, the Lord, the God of Israel, and this have I done. When I saw among the spoils an attractive mantle from Shinar, and two hundred shekels of silver, and a bar of gold weighing fifty shekels, I coveted them and took them. Behold, they are hidden in the earth inside my tent, with the silver underneath. So Joshua sent messengers who ran to the tent, and behold, the spoil was hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. And they took them from the tent and brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, son of Zerah, and the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had, and they brought them to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why have you brought trouble on us? The Lord will trouble you this day. And all Israel stoned him, and those with him with stones, and afterward burned their bodies with fire. The thing about it is that when a there is something about uh, individual judgment of when you sin, but then as leaders, when you sin, it's a corporate judgment. When you sin, everyone is judged with you. Leaders. Because you're responsible for the entire group. So when you sin, so what they're saying, Everyone with them were judged as well. See, and then your children, it, it goes deep, it goes deep. Six Roman Empire, spirit of tolerance of sin. The final one is the um, spirit of weariness. Daniel 7, 25, Amplified. I'm not going to read that because of the sake of time. But growing weary is to loosen out, untie unusable for its intended purpose. So when you grow weary, you're unusable. God can't use you for your intended purpose. Lose heart is to act badly in a situation. 
not responding according to the word of God. Good works. To be born again for purposes into your salvation. You should be sowing seeds into your salvation. Good works. Ministering. Let me get to demonic spirit are empowered by our failed faith. Demonic spirits are empowered by our failed faith. Okay? Mark 9, 29. I have this minute. I'm just going to go through here. Basically, there was a young man who was having seizures, right? I think we're all kind of familiar with Mark 9, 29. And it says at 29, and he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. The question is, what was he referring to when he said this kind? A lot of us think he referring to the demon. No, this kind of faith. Not the, not the demon. It wasn't that the demon was so great that he couldn't be cast out and then you had to go and pray and fast. That's not the case. The case is that your faith failed. He said, help my unbelief. Unbelief means that you're a prior situation in your life when you thought that God didn't answer you, your faith failed you. And you use in your mind that past situation that where you felt that God didn't answer you. And you use that as a reference point now when you go to pray. This level of unbelief, he says, why you have to pray and fast is to increase your, your spiritual stamina. It's an instrument measuring the atmosphere. See, you, you can't measure the atmosphere pressure anymore. Oh, y'all ain't with me. You can't measure the atmosphere. Oh, come on. This is used to forecasting, telling what's, what's here, what, what, what this enemy doing. I see what kind of demon this is. You see, this is what I normally do all the time in here is that I'm forecasting. I'm, I'm determining the atmosphere pressure of dark forces in here. It determines your elevation. So you have to pray and fast again because somewhere your faith failed you. Somewhere in your situation, something happened. You believed to have a child or you prayed and someone not to die and they, they died. So your faith failed you. Whole different level, whole different level. Satan asked for Peter. Luke 22, verse 31 through 32. And he says here, Simon. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan have desired 
ask to have you. That he may sift you as wheat. He said, Simon, Simon, Simon. Simon as first, his name was Simon, Simon, Simeon. And then at one point, then he called him Peter. Simon Peter. And Simon actually, okay, I got to slow down, y'all. Peter is a small rock. Simon is someone, his name meant someone with the ability to hear. Oh, come on. Come on. Someone with the ability to hear. That's what his name meant. And so when he called him, anytime that Jesus would call anyone two or three times, it was for three things. Promise, a warning, and prophecy. Simon, Simon, Simon. And so when he called him the third time, it's warning. I'm warning you that Satan has asked to, sh- to sift you. He's asking to sift you as wheat. He wanted to put you on the threshing floor. See, now when God does that, because he puts you on the threshing floor, when he does that, that is to get out all impurities, things of no use. But Satan does the same thing, but he has a different purpose. Oh, come on. His purpose is to sift you and sift out your faith. Oh, when he starts to sift, he brings back the things in your life and all the hurt. See, and it begins to now sift out your faith and it leaves all things that are impure. He came requesting permission to assault and afflict all of God's disciples. It says, the you, he came to sift you, all of us, to see if your faith would fail. Oh, my God. You've been in some situation and your faith failed. It was a test. See, and God, what has been happening to this ministry is that the impurities have to come out. Otherwise, you can't be used. Whether you understand your leadership or not, you won't be used. All of the impurities must come out. Satan make it his priority to capture Peter. Because he knows Peter is one that is more forthcoming and more passionate. He was more like the spokesperson. He was more like the second in command. Simon, someone who's able to hear, he said, now I'm going, I'm reverting back to your original way that I called you, Simon. Someone who's able to hear. Not only hear, but also listen. Oh, my God. Secret of us. Someone that not only can hear but listen, that will comply, obey, implement my word. 
Jesus was saying, this is the good news, second in command. He said, I already prayed. Oh, I already prayed that your faith wouldn't fail you. Even though his faith did fail him. Within the prayer, because it had to happen, Pastor, because pride, it goes before the fall. It had to happen. God said it had to happen to Peter because his pride exceeded the prayer of God. But Satan still didn't know what kind of man and what part of spirituality that Jesus was in and what he walked in and, and who he really was because he, he said, I prayed for you, Peter. I prayed that you wouldn't fall, but I knew you would fall. Ha! Jesus, ha! I knew your faith was going to fail you. But in my prayer, in my, in my crucifixion, in my resurrection, in my redemption of your sins, oh, your restoration, minister, hey, it was embedded in my prayer. But it was through my blood, uh huh? God, hallelujah. He said, I, I pray that you wouldn't, you wouldn't fall. I pray that your faith wouldn't fail you, but I knew that it would because of your pride. He said, but that's why I went to the cross. I went to the cross and in my crucifixion and in my resurrection and in my blood, you are already restored. Huh? Oh, man of God. Then he took it further. He said, being you confess. Huh? This is what Judas didn't do. He said, but being you confess. He said, I want you to let all the disciples know. He's accepted. He's back in. You better not speak it again. Huh? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, because he even told Peter, because Peter was saying, Lord God, I will die for you. He said, Peter, let me tell you something. He said, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. Jesus couldn't prevent this fall because God was his delivering power is what brought him back up. Peter's denial and betrayal of Jesus, Mark 14, 71. See, in his denial... He denied him three times. He said, he didn't just say, I don't know Jesus. He said, I don't know that man. Peter said, I don't know that man. And on the, see, but before that, Jesus said to him, Peter, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, I love you. He said, Peter. Do you love me? He said, yes. He said, he said then shepherd my sheep. <laughs> oh, God. He, he said, then shepherd my sheep. He didn't just say feed my sheep. He said, shepherd my sheep. <laughs> oh, glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He said, well, then shepherd my sheep. And he asked him the third time. And he said, Peter, do you love me? 
Peter said he was grieved in his spirit that God would have asked him the third time. But he had to do it. He said, Peter, do you love me? He said, God, you know all things. You know that I love you. But he had to say it the third time. Because he denied him. God knew he would deny him three times. And in the third denial, do you know what Peter had assigned to his life? He had assigned a self-curse. Because what he was saying to the woman, and, and this is almost, a, there's a word that even says that what this is, uh, let me go to that, I have to give it to you, I have to give it to you. It is called anathema. It's A-N-A-T-H-E-M-A. This is a self-curse because on the third time, it says that uh, he wished himself cursed if what he was not to say was not true and to swear or to take a solemn oath. He said, I take a solemn oath. I'm saying, I don't know that man. Oh, my God. And with that, with that solemn oath, do you know what came with that? It means that if what I'm saying is not true, excommunicate me out the synagogue. Excommunicate me out the kingdom of God. Oh, y'all not hearing me. He said, excommunicate me out the book of life. Oh, my God. That's what some of you are doing in your life. As a Christian, you are doing a self-curse on yourself. Faith, his faith had become veiled. The light had become veiled, minister. And suddenly, just like it was when Jesus was on the cross, it was an eclipse. And that's what your faith looked like when it's veiled. It's a partial, a total, obscuring decline, great intensity of darkness. When your faith fail you, the word fail is eclapo, which means it eclipse. This is what happens when your faith fail. An eclipse come on you. Uh, a great intense darkness. It's an endless and un- useless. You become endless and useless and left behind. Uh, but he he's confessed. He confessed and God said, uh, all to all the disciples, I need y'all to know he confessed everything that he said is, is no longer under oath because my blood has, he, what he did, he reconverted himself back to my kingdom. And I end here. Oh my God. Would you, that you will reconvert yourself back to the Lord. And it says, after Peter went through all this, after he said, I don't know this man, and he denied him three times. And God said, do you love me? He said that three times. He he restored him back to the kingdom of God and back to the book of life. After that, Peter wrote in 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13, he said, beloved, do not be amazed or bewildered at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test your quality. As though something strange, unusual, alienated to you and your position were befalling you. 
But in so far as you are sharing Christ's suffering, rejoice. So that when his glory, full of radiance and splendor, is revealed, you may also rejoice and triumph exuberantly. We're talking about reconvert your life back to God. You have to do it within what he has. No one knows. But so many things Pastor been experiencing. It's been part of the seven biblical empires with these different spirits coming up against him through his leaders. And he asked the same question. Do you love me? And he asked three times. But what I'm sure you didn't know, Pastor, that within that was embedded the restoration back to the place in the confession among the peers. And he said, don't you mention it. God said it. Don't you say again another word because he's been exonerated. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Reconvert yourself back to God. These are the last days when no man can work. I thank God for a ministry of truth. I thank God that we're not governed by what pleases you. Oh, but we're governed by the mission and mandate that's on our life. We're called to lead and to teach and to develop the people of God. To righteousness calls you to uphold this life to the end. And if you leave because we command, we command that you do what you said you wanted to do. We're not asking you to do something that you have not already agreed to. We simply command you to do what you agreed to. And that is to lay down your whole life. Because this is what God did for you. Lay down your will. Come on up, ministers. Lay down your will. Lay down your feelings and your emotions. Eradicate yourself from all various of darkness. Allow them to grab the word of God, the light illumination of the true reality to take control of your entire being. We thank you for healing. Come on up if you need prayer. You need to be reconverted back to God. Not the way that you've been living. Not the way that you think you've been doing things. And how you feel that you're in the right position with God. If he's talking about reconvert back to him, then you reconvert. Oh, we thank you.